0: Hello and you're very welcome to the third episode of our Leaders Series podcast where we speak to leaders about their experiences, challenges and aspirations. This week I'm delighted to be joined by Barry O'Connell. Barry has been the chairman of Goal since July 2021 and prior to that he worked for Coca-Cola for over 20 years across a multitude of markets around the world, driving growth and transformation. I started off by asking Barry about his career and how his leadership style has developed over time.
1: Well, thank you very much, David. Um, I think if I look back at my career, which is almost 30 years now, it's, it's, uh, it's typified like many careers, I guess, in blocks of around three or four years where um, I've undergone very significant changes in, in direction in some cases. Um, the latter number of years, let's say the last 15 years or so, I've been living and working in eight different markets. So every three or four or five years, I have uh, have moved markets from either Ireland, Russia, uh, Switzerland, Austria, New Zealand, Australia, and Asia. So that in itself has brought significant change um, and challenge. And it tends to be to underperforming operations in in need of of transformation. Um, So change has been, I guess, typical uh, for what I've been leading through over the last uh, number of years and I guess what happens and what's happened with my uh, leadership style, I guess, is that I've, I've become much calmer in the face of adversity. Um, and I think a lot of that has got to do with the fact that I have an abiding confidence in the capability of individuals and teams to figure things out. Um, if as a leader, you can harness that and point it in the right direction, then um, things, great things happen. So. The other thing I think that's important for me as a leader is and has developed over time is an appreciation of the importance of, of and value and richness of diversity in all its forms. As you look across the markets I've been in, they're very, very different culturally, um, but core values um, tend to be very similar and people are clever and they're committed and determined. And as a leader, I think it's the onus is on you to be able to tap into that resource. And that's hopefully what I've been able to do over the last 20 years in the various jurisdictions that I've been, I've been working in.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting, and especially the the point on diversity, because that's that's something that really kind of tends to come up again and again. This, and uh, as well as as you say, the cultural diversity, also this cognitive diversity of kind of people from maybe different backgrounds who approach problems in different ways and things like that. It's it's a really really fascinating area. And Barry, I suppose um, as we look at the the kind of current context of change, obviously there's been a huge amount um, of upheaval and on a societal level and otherwise as a result of the pandemic but at this point we're I suppose in a way kind of looking forward now a bit with optimism going into kind of post-crisis mode and one thing that's really I suppose been kind of a a standout point from from this period is this renewed focus on well-being and that's permeated to uh, businesses just as much as it has to kind of people's day-to-day lives how have you seen that evolve over time and do you think now that this kind of renewed focus is, is a good thing?
1: I think it's, it's I think it's not only a good thing, I think it's absolutely necessary because the demands on on, on everyone, um, but particularly on leaders these days um, are, are enormous. And I remember you know 20, thirty years ago when I started out, people talking about the rate and scale of change accelerating. well, it hasn't slowed down and it's only getting faster. So um, um, you know as you say that, I'm just um, reminded of the fact that my my son who's now um, 16, 17 years of age, He's learning mindfulness in school, which I think is wonderful. Um, So I think there's a broad recognition that looking after one's uh, well-being and the well-being of of the people that you work with um, is absolutely a priority. Unfortunately, I think it gets lip service a lot of the time. Um, And maybe it's seen as being fashionable as opposed to being absolutely necessary, but I can tell you it is. Um, I remember I came back from uh, uh, Australia a number of years ago, and I had, I was here in back in Dublin for around six months before I went back out to Asia. And in that six months, I had time myself just to calm down and to reflect and to recharge the batteries. And when I went into Asia, which again was another transformational challenge, uh, I just saw things so clearly. And the energy levels that I had uh, were, were so high, and the confidence I think I exuded as a result of that was so high that the transformation process. Uh, I found actually very enjoyable um, and I think it rubbed off on the people who are around me as well. So, yes, I think it's absolutely necessary and I think it needs to be managed by individuals. But as leaders, I think you also need to make sure that you give permission and create a framework for others to be able to exercise that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And yeah, there's so many interesting things to come out of that. I think that's really interesting what you said about your kind of time off that allowed you to kind of gain that mental clarity and kind of approach things again with a renewed focus. And I think that's something that is really coming to the fore now. You see a lot more, obviously, in different countries, you see kind of these experiments of the four-day work week, which is just kind of, Mm -hmm. I suppose beginning to eat into the, the, the kind of um, structure that's been in place for, for so long. And I suppose you spoke there, Barry, just about putting your teams in a better position to kind of take care of themselves. What about the kind of leadership focus? And obviously, leaders have to take on massive burdens and responsibilities in their day-to-day. So do you think leaders are, are also making that more conscious effort to take care of themselves as well as their teams?
1: Um, again, I think, I think there's a, a widespread recognition that they should. Uh, I'm not sure everybody is uh, doing that because the pressures are so intense at the moment. And, and again, you've hear, heard much of this about, you know, the impact of people in lockdown. Uh, not only was it stressful um, for obvious reasons, because if you, you had, you know, going on around us, what was going on around us, but, um, uh, and the isolation of that. But you also had leaders and others who were trying to get the groups sort with of a completely different way of working. So what happened was stress levels increased. Um, and because the socialization element wasn't there or as there as much as it was in the past, people weren't able to dissipate that by talking to colleagues and friends as much as they were. So, uh, yes, absolutely uh, uh, necessary again. Um, I don't know to what extent people are actually doing it. But if I was advising anybody of my own team, I would say, absolutely, you need to make sure that you're focusing on your own well-being because ultimately it has a direct impact on your health um, and well helping, obviously, but also on your performance and that of your teams. And Barry, we've seen
0: a kind of a shift towards this human-centred leadership. And as you said, it's it's definitely a positive thing, but I suppose it is there a risk that we kind of go too far one way as leaders to kind of that um, human-centered approach and maybe at the expense of the more kind of business-focused and the kind of more, I suppose, numbers-based or kind of target-based approach? Um, how do we, it's, it's a difficult one, but how do we find that balance between those two?
1: Well, I, I guess there's always a risk of going uh, one way versus the other. But I think, you know, if I had to tend towards one uh, over overbalance one element, it would be human centred because, as you, as you, uh, um, as you learn from experience, um, it's you know it's all about people. Um, and again, one of the things that came through from from the pandemic and lockdown was organisations who perhaps didn't have a high level of trust, uh, or as much as at least in the, as they perhaps should have in their employees when they are working from home, discovered that actually people were even more diligent when they were working from home. So for me, the human-centered approach is, is a large part um, all about trust. And once you then once you have that, that is the cornerstone of everything. The strat- strategic piece becomes relatively easy after that because you know how to harness the capabilities and input of those within the organization, outside the organization to create a very clear strategy. And after that, It's relatively easy to put in places such as, you know, to clarify expectations, to reduce the strategy to numbers across the business, to put in place performance rhythms and processes so you can keep an eye on the numbers. Um, But if you have the foundation of trust, then that becomes imminently easy. To do it the other way around is exceedingly difficult. So I would still favor a a continued move towards a more human-centered design approach to leadership. Barry, I'm also
0: curious just to ask about your um, your current role, which is as the Chairman of Goal. How, if at all, has your kind of outlook on leadership changed uh, since you've taken up that uh, that role?
1: Well, I think the fundamentals of re- leadership are are quite similar uh, across organizations. It's one of the things I've learned. and it's probably one of the reasons why really good leaders can can move from organization to organization quite fluently because um, they, you know, it's less about the technical, the higher up you go. It's less about the technical elements of the business, and it's more about how you lead people and teams and organizations. Um, so um, my, my view on leadership has remained relatively consistent. My view on my own role, however, has, has changed because I'm now chair and I'm not CEO. Uh, and that may be a statement of the obvious, but after being a CEO for such a long period of time, uh, you've got to remind yourself um, and and recognise the fact that you you cannot get involved um, in CEO type and executive type decisions because that's that's what that's what your their job is and that's one of the things that I think as you move through leadership um, uh, becomes more obvious I guess is that every time you move role you've got to sit back and reappraise what your new role is um, within that organisation. So my my job now I guess is to provide governance is to leverage the the um, knowledge and experience of a wonderful board um, and to provide support to uh, an excellent CEO who's, who's already in place. Uh, and that's quite different to what I've been doing in the past.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting looking forward, I suppose, Barry, as we kind of um, take a kind of future focus on this. You mentioned at the beginning around um, how you, as you as a leader had kind of learned to become calm through adversity. And you'd also mentioned a really interesting point about putting confidence in people and teams to kind of figure things out and kind of empower them to, to kind of do their work. So um, I'm just curious to ask how you think the expectations of leaders have uh, changed over the past decade or so. Is there now a bit more kind of back and forth between from a kind of a team to an executive level And then the other way around, do you think it's that that communication piece has kind of developed a lot over time?
1: The business environment has continued at pace over the last number of years. And in fact, it's accelerating because now you don't talk about change anymore. Everybody's speaking about transformation Um, and therefore technically what one as a leader has to get your mind around uh, in terms of, let's say, digitization, its impact on your business, the legislative changes, the, the changes in the operating environment. Uh, Brexit and so on and so forth. So the challenges are enormous and they're, and they're coming faster and faster and the expectations for growth continue to be as they always were. Now, what I think has happened is that there's also a realization that on top of all of that, as leaders, in order to be able to deliver on that, you also have to be great at leading people. Um, and that's a whole range of disciplines. If you, if you move to a transformation agenda, it's a whole different ball game than managing a business on a day-to-day basis. Um, And a lot of leaders, I think, are struggling at the moment because they're not necessarily equipped with the tools and experience to be able to lead through that. And that's where I think there's an onus on boards to make sure they recognize the changing role of the leader now and what needs to happen to be able to provide that scaffolding for leaders to be able to get through that and to move to the next phase. Because it's asking an awful lot of people uh, these days to do what's required.
0: Barry O'Connell, I just want to thank you so much for your time today, really appreciate it.
1: Not at all, it's been a pleasure, David.